millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The latest from 7 News with Michael Usher. Good evening and welcome. Tonight, Vaccine Wars premieres furious over Pfizer allocations. The grandfather who survived a skydiving accident speaks for the first time. And the rapid at-home COVID testing kits coming our way, how they're working in Europe. But first, your top stories tonight, right now. The scene of so much joy is tonight one of real COVID concern, posing a super spreader threat. Everyone involved in the search for autistic toddler AJL Falak in the New South Wales Hunter region is being asked to take a test and isolate. Two confirmed cases went to a monastery in Putty, the nearby town, where many of AJ's families went to pray during that whole ordeal. Up to 100 worshippers at a Melbourne synagogue are expected to be fined tonight for breaching lockdown orders to mark the Jewish New Year. Tip-offs led police to that illegal gathering. Officers surrounding the building from dorm, the faithful court flouting the rules, can expect to pay up to $5,500 each. Matthew Guy is back at the helm of the Victorian opposition tonight. The former Liberal Party leader was returned to his old job after toppling Michael O'Brien in a party room spill unopposed. Mr Guy says he wants to see unity and hope moving forward, turning his focus to the state's lockdown exit. And the AFL Grand Final in Perth is locked in for a twilight start. First bounce confirmed at around quarter past five local time, quarter past seven Eastern. Footy bosses say they've picked a time which keeps young fans everywhere in mind, despite a much later than usual final siren on the East Coast. You'll be able to catch all the action on seven. Let's take a closer look at tonight's top story, the mystery of AJ L for Luck's incredible survival after those three nights lost in the New South Wales bush. There's a twist tonight. The toddler's family, rescuers, search teams and even news crews sent into isolation over a potential COVID outbreak. Seven News reporter Tom Hartley has been at the scene for the last four days and he's now involved in all of this. He joins me from isolation. Tom, good evening to you. So what have you been told about the positive cases in that area? So, Michael, what we know, there are two positive cases that uh, are centred around this monastery that's just down the road from the family uh, family property uh, that's on Putty Road. There were two cases. As I said, they were both volunteers who worked at the monastery and they left that monastery on Saturday to go elsewhere. Uh, we were not told where for privacy reasons, obviously. Uh, they're in isolation now. And we're told that they didn't pass uh, the virus onto anyone else at the monastery everyone else there is in isolation at the moment. They're following all the standard procedures, uh, getting tested and whatnot and waiting for those results. Now, there was some concern uh, that uh, the family members who had said that they'd been praying at the monastery, you know, praying for the safe return of, of little AJ there, uh, that they may have contracted the virus. But we've been told from health authorities that uh, that wasn't the case, so that there was no chance that them being there at the same time as the people who are positive. So that's some, yeah. uh, I, I guess, some reason we can we can sort of rest assured there. But, but Tom, the as, great... we're, as we're seeing in the vision there, though, too, I mean, everyone did exactly the right thing. The goodwill was there that everyone flocked into the region to search by the dozen. There wasn't a lot of social distancing, though, distancing, though amongst all of the, the, the searches and rescue crews. 
Yeah, and that's the great concern, Michael, is that all these people who we see there in the vision, you know, the family, uh, as you could imagine, you know, rightfully so, celebrating, supporting each other and whatnot, hugging each other, kisses, getting uh, very close. Um, none of them had masks on, um, or very few of them, I should say. You know, all the authorities were, were wearing masks, and the media wearing masks uh, mm. when we, uh, you know, found that we had to. Um, but that's the great concern from health yeah. authorities, and so they've issued advice for everyone there uh, with so many people uh, from the family, uh, from the family friends coming in from Western Sydney, obviously uh, from those uh, LGAs of concern that the advice now is for everyone who was there on the ground uh, to get tested, to isolate and then get tested again in five days. And that's exactly uh, what you're going through now. That includes you. Now, look, we did hear, Tom, uh, today from AJ's mother again. Let's have a listen to that. I'm so happy that he's here. He's with us. He's safe and well and healthy. That's all that matters. Yeah, that is all that matters. Tom, the latest on the investigation into his disappearance. Briefly, what's that tonight? Well, so, as we know, police are following up multiple lines of inquiry. The, the family was adamant for so many days that... Little AJ had been kidnapped. That still is a theory that uh, police have to tick off. Um, so they'll look at, at, at the possibility that potentially AJ was taken and possibly returned. I guess a lot of people are sort of saying it, it is uh, remarkable how he has been able to survive in, in the condition and the conditions of the property and the conditions of the weather and to be a, as healthy as he was. But then at the same time, police are also saying that, you know, there are a lot of wombat holes. He was found in water. Obviously, those... Um, sort of scenarios can prolong anyone's survivability uh, in such terrain. And he was close to home. So yeah. uh, potentially, I mean, there's so many unknowns at this point in time, so many lines of inquiry uh, still to be explored. A few more uh, questions. Explored. Yeah, yeah so questions. many questions. There. I'm, I'm sure a lot of us, including the family, uh, have, have some answers that they'd like. Indeed. All right, Tom Hartley, in isolation, awaiting some test results, having been on that scene. Thanks for your time. There's fury tonight at Revelation. Sydney received more than its fair share of vaccine after being quietly allocated extra doses. States who generously gave up jabs to help the Harbour City's outbreak claim they've been shortchanged. And as you're about to hear, the Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews was not happy. Some don't like to see this as a race, but a race it surely is. What I didn't know was that Premier Berejiklian's in a sprint while the rest of us are supposed to do some sort of egg and spoon thing. No. We want our fair share. It's a good comparison. Georgia Commonsoli's in Melbourne now. Uh, Georgia, good evening to you. So how many doses does the Premier claim to have missed out on? Good evening, Michael. Premier Daniel Andrews really came out strong today on this after information revealed that Victoria may have missed out on as much as 360,000 doses in favour of New South Wales. Now, this goes back to July when 260 GPs across Sydney were given extra supply of the vaccination to help with their outbreak. But now that Sydney's reached well over that 70% one-dose target, uh, Premier Daniel Andrews says that had it been a fair playing field, we may have reached the same point. The federal government has hit back saying that they have helped Victoria when our outbreak has gotten worse and that they're just saving lives. Meanwhile, our vaccination program here in Victoria is gaining some speed. Today it was announced that an extra 40,000 doses will be administered each week because all of our vaccination centres have increased their capacity and they will be extending their opening hours across the board. Michael? The vaccination rates are ticking up well too. It's good. All right, Georgia Commonsoli in Melbourne. Thank you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. 
Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Prime Minister's coming under a bit of scrutiny tonight over his Father's Day trip to Sydney before returning to Canberra on Monday. The opposition today out in force holding Scott Morrison to account. There are thousands of families and people doing it really tough who don't get the same exemptions, Mr Morrison should practice what he preaches. And if Mr Morrison had just done his job, gotten vaccines and quarantine fixed up, all of us could have spent Father's Day with our families. People just don't understand why this Prime Minister can't be upfront with them about his travel plans. I understand that people are very concerned about this, but that's a matter for the Prime Minister to address. Uh, it's his actions that have led to this. Yeah, it was a pile on today. Our political reporter, Rob Scott, joins me from Canberra. Rob, good evening to you. So, look, the PM did this all above board. He had an exemption and he's defended the trip this afternoon. Yes, he has, Michael, insisting that his family received no special treatment and that he acted within the rules, as you say, which he did. But this isn't really a question of breaking rules. It's more about the optics, how it looks and it really doesn't look good for the PM. We know that he flew to Sydney on an Air Force jet on Friday night to be with his family, and then he flew back to the ACT on Monday morning. He was given an exemption to enter lockdown Canberra by the Territory Government because he's an essential worker, allowing him to avoid uh, quarantine. Several other MPs have also been given similar exemptions in the past, so that's not new. But with more than half the population spending Father's Day in lockdown, he's been accused of double standards, which he denies. Take a listen. And the government still needs to function and, uh, and we return home when we're able to return home. That hasn't happened that often this year, I've got to tell you. But, uh, you know, that's the nature of the job and we all accept that. It's an important part of my job to be in Canberra. Now, and I'll be heading back home this weekend as well and later in, in this week when I'm no longer required to be here in the ACT. My family has received no special rules. As Prime Minister, I have a job to do. Yeah, look, he's stuck here, isn't he? Because his residence is in Sydney, his young daughters are in Sydney. But what we're talking about here, Rob, is it's failed the pub test, this one, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It certainly has not gone down well with the voters, especially those families separated on Father's Day by the New South Wales-Queensland border. Here's a little of what they thought today. We're all in the same boat, so he should be in the same boat as us. It's a bit heartbreaking that he can see his family, but... And upon the border, so many families are t not able to see each other. It should be Team Australia, and I, quite frankly, I'm just, I wish that all the politicians would be on the same, rowing in the same boat. What's good for one is good for all. Come on, Scotty. The PM says that he understands all that frustration, but says the criticism from the opposition is nothing but cheap politics and a low blow. All right, Rob Scott in Canberra, thank you. A series of chilling connections have been uncovered as detectives probe the death of a woman in her Brisbane home. Let's go live to Alex Lewis, our reporter there. Alex, good evening to you. So what are we learning about this awful story? Good evening, Michael. Well, Angela Silk died overnight from stab wounds, wounds her boyfriend, Alex Osachi, says were self-inflicted. It happened at a house in Mount Gravatt where 15 years ago today another girlfriend of his died, 15-year-old Leanne Thompson. A coroner found she took her own life, but police believed he helped. Asachi was acquitted of assisted suicide despite a court hearing he controlled and taunted her in letters. 
What the jury wasn't told was that Osachi was questioned and cleared over the suicide of a 14-year-old boy the year before. And in 2011, his then-partner overdosed and Osachi was cleared of any involvement. The 43-year-old spent today at a police station, voluntarily talking to investigators. He left in a bizarre manner, driving off with a hungry jacks bag over his head, yelling the Hamburglar did it. Four people, all vulnerable, all strangers, all dead and all linked by a man who is not a suspect in any of them. Seven News does not suggest Osachi is responsible for any of the deaths, Michael. All right, Alex. It's a strange one. Alex Lewis in Brisbane, thank you. If you or someone you know is in a domestic violence situation, you can get help by calling White Ribbon Australia on 1-800-RESPECT. That's 1-800-737-732. Well, after several about-faces, Guy Sebastian insists that he is pro-vax, despite distancing himself from a vaccination campaign. The singer joined other entertainers encouraging the cause in a video he claims was uploaded to social media without approval. He says he'd never tell others what to do with their health, but facing criticism, again came out to declare that he was fully vaccinated. The Maroons and Paul Green are parting ways. The coach axed after only one series together. Queensland lost this year's state of origin under Green's watch. Green says he's leaving and will... Hunt for a head coaching position at an NRL club next season. Queensland Rugby League is yet to find a replacement. Well, tonight we're hearing from the grandfather whose bucket list skydiving adventure near the Victorian coast took the most horrific of turns. After both parachutes failed, Christopher Rantle's tandem instructor turned in the final seconds of their freefall, softening the impact but costing him his own life. Christopher sat down with our reporter Tegan Doling to talk about what should have been an exhilarating moment with his daughter Raya. It was our very first um, skydiving jumps together. Yeah. Did you jump first or did Raya jump first? No, well before we um, got in the plane it was asked um, who wants to go first. So Raya, she decided to want to go first. So um, Aaron and myself, we um, hopped into the plane and um, then Aaron and, and her instructor, they, they hopped in and yeah, and so yeah, we just went up, we went over the sea, had a look at the sea, and then over the countryside, and um, it was just beautiful. And then it was time to jump. Right, run me through that, what was going through your head at that uh, point? Yeah, very nervous, very apprehensive, excited, all in one type of thing, yeah, it was amazing. Once we got up into the, um, the, the drop zone, or like the jump out zone, Raya and um, her, they've, they've gone out, and then Aaron and I, you know, we've got up, and it was like my eggs are out and it's like whoa and all of a sudden we're just out and it was just an amazing feeling you know like just the the thrill of you know going so fast it was awesome and so at what stage then chris did you think something's not uh, right um i didn't know at the time but aaron's um pulled the, to let the main shoot out and um it didn't come out or it didn't work, I'm not really sure. And I didn't know. I'm still just loving this free fall. And um, then we go into like a, a, a vertical sort of position. And I look up and I could see the strings, which I now know to be the, the secondary shoot, but it wasn't filling with air. And at the same time, I could see Raya above us. So it was like, oh, we're in trouble here. And um, that was basically my last memory. I don't remember the impact at all. When did she hear about Aaron's passing? I can't exactly remember, but I think it was when I was in the emergency in the Alfred. Um, I, I kept on asking about Aaron. And, um, yeah, and they said that 
pretty sure it was there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they said that he um, passed away, and that was like quite sad. For someone to put their life in danger to save a stranger um, is amazing. You know, like how brave do you have to be to do that? Yeah, so <laughs> take your time. There's no I'm no still. Rushing. It still gets to me. Yeah. Yeah, that um, you know, Aaron. You know, he he basically you know sacrificed his life that I can live. You know, or have a chance at living. And so, um, you know, you know, he's just a, a hero, really. Can I ask? Do you think you'll try skydiving again? Actually, I'd love to, but um, because I don't want to put my wife through that again um no no that 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 is it do you think you're a bit of a miracle i personally believe it is a miracle that i'm alive and i think it's another miracle that i'm as able-bodied as i am yeah what an extraordinary story a very bittersweet story there told to our reporter tegan doling when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Well, they allow you to swab from home with incredibly quick results and are hugely popular in Britain and the US. Now, we're about to see rapid antigen testing kits rolled out in a big way in Australia also. So, how have they been working overseas? Our Europe correspondent, Hugh Whitfield, joins us from London. Hugh, good evening to you. Now, you're, you're a frequent user of these, as are all of the crew over there. Where are you finding these kits being used most? Yeah, Michael, there's two main reasons that we're seeing them uh, in use across the UK and indeed across Europe as well. And one is for confidence. If you've got some symptoms and you think you might have COVID or you have symptoms related to COVID and you just want to double check, then you can take one of these rapid tests. The second is major events. Now, there's no formal COVID passport here in the UK, but a lot of private operators running major festivals throughout the summer here or sporting events are putting in place their own quasi passport. Uh, passports and that means you either have to prove that you're double vaccinated to gain access to a lot of these events or prove that you've tested negative and instead of using a PCR test, the, the gold standard, I guess, that can take more than 24 hours to get a result and can clog up the health system here, uh, you're being encouraged to use one of these rapid tests. Now, to get one, you either go to the pharmacy or they hand them out down the street, or you can order a box like this, yeah, which show arrives... Yeah, what you've got there. You've got a uh, Yeah, it arrives about a day after uh, you order it, so it's pretty simple, and it arrives with seven tests inside, so you get uh, the swab, uh, you get a little vial to mix the uh, solution with your swab, and a little uh, device like this that you put the solution with your swab into uh, and it brings you back the result 
in less than 30 minutes. Now, on there as well is a QR code that you scan into the NHS website here. Uh, you tell them that the result was either negative or positive. Then you then get a text message or an email uh, to prove that result. Mm. And that can allow you access to, say, a bar that's holding a private event or a festival in the countryside here. As well in France last week, when we were reporting from there, Michael, uh, they have these antigen tests, these rapid test tents all over Paris so that uh, if you aren't double vaccinated, you can use it for your pass sanitaire, that health pass. Quite extraordinary. This has really been the key to the opening up of Europe, those rapid testing kits, and they're trying to be rushed here as well, Hugh. But some experts have their doubts around the accuracy of the, the rapid antigen testing. Uh, what are the trials over there showing? Well, look, they're not as uh, definite, I guess. There is a, a shorter period where you're going to test positive on these rapid tests. Usually between day three and day seven of your infection, you're more likely to test positive if you are uh, symptomatic as well. So it's catching those early symptoms to say, yes, you either have COVID or you don't. Where it's come in handy for a lot of people here is that if you do contract COVID, you could be shedding the virus for up to three months. And because the PCR tests are so sensitive, you could continue to test positive even after you've lost your symptoms and lost the ability to infect anybody else for, for months after you've recovered from the virus. So with these rapid tests, because they're not as sensitive, they can allow people who have recovered from COVID to continue on with their normal lives by getting negative tests from the antigen uh, testing as opposed to that PCR that's going to yeah. pick up even the smallest trace of the virus in your system well after you've recovered. So even when we were coming back from France last week, uh, we went and got rapid these rapid tests to prove that we didn't have COVID instead of waiting up to 36 or 48 hours for those PCR test results to come back. Well, it's going to be important for here. Could be the key to opening up some state borders too, which would be eventful. All right. Good explanation there. Hugh, thank you for that from London. Before we go tonight, a quick look at the race to vaccinate. In the last 24 hours, we saw close to 260,000 doses go into arms. That takes the total number of vaccines administered nationwide to more than 21.2 million. Now, if we keep it up, we're 56 days away from hitting our first reopening target of 70%. We should hit the 80% mark just over a fortnight later. We're getting there. Thank you for your company. We'll be back tomorrow with First Edition on 7 Plus at 8pm and the latest from 7 News at 10.30. We'll see you then. Thanks for your company.